Welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about co-parenting, separation, divorce, and the hardest question of all, should you stay or should you go? I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and I'm here to help you navigate some of the roughest waters you've ever swum in and answer some of your toughest questions. I've been to hell and back, and now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Hey everyone, welcome back. I am so happy to have you here for uh, another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. Today we have with us Dr. Jeanette Lofas. And Dr. Lofas is a pioneering authority in the field of step family relationships and divorce, remarriage, and children. She is the founder and president of the Step Family Foundation, the first organization in the world devoted solely to the problems and challenges encountered in step relationships. Over the last 40 years, she's counseled thousands of individuals and has trained over 10,000 helping professionals worldwide. Co-author of Living in Step, the first book to describe the dramatic differences between the step family and the traditional biological family, Lofas is the recipient from President Clinton of the first National Parents' Day Award in 1995 for her efforts in strengthening step relationships across America and her contributions to effective parenting. Dr. Lofas is also a certified divorce and co-parenting mediator. So very excited to have Dr. Lofas with us today. Now, before I give you my interview with Dr. Lofas about all things step family and step parenting, um, I just wanted to remind you, in case you missed it, that on Friday, May 12th at 11 o'clock Pacific, 2 o'clock Eastern, and whatever time that is for you, I am co-hosting a live screening of Split Up the Teen Years with Christina McGee, the amazing and wonderful author of Parenting Apart, uh, and my dear friend and award-winning filmmaker, Ellen Bruno. And if you missed them on the podcast, uh, they were on, I think, just last week. You can go back and listen, but um, this film is not to be missed. We're doing a live screening and Q&A on May 12th. It's just before Mother's Day, and we did it that way uh, on purpose. <laughs> so the whole thing is 90 minutes because we're also doing the Q&A. And here's the thing, guys. It will not be recorded. This is a screening of a documentary. Um, we are charging a small fee to attend. It is less than the fee of watching the film on the website. And, you know, as you as I think I've said before, you know, documentary filmmaking is a labor of love. And it is not done for the money. We are charging a small fee from 
Uh, now through May 5th, you can get your ticket for $15, which is a steal. I do believe it costs like 30 to watch it on the website. So, um, and then after May 5th, the ticket price goes up to 25. So you can get your ticket for $15 right now. Uh, if you just go to Kate Anthony slash split, the film is called split up the teen years. It is the second in uh, this series that follows the same children. And this time they are teenagers. And it is a phenomenal, phenomenal film. And you don't want to miss it. kateanthony.com slash split. And you can get your ticket and join us for the live screening and Q&A. And now back to our show and my interview with Dr. Jeanette Lofas. Dr. Lofus, thank you so much for coming on and having this really important conversation. So much of your work is inspired by your own personal experience of getting divorced, getting remarried, finding that the resources were not available that you really needed. So can you tell us a little bit about your background and your and your history? I come out of broadcast news, nine, 10 years of television starting out in radio. And so I met the man of my dreams, and I moved to Aspen, Colorado, and gave up working. And actually, I didn't know what to do if I wasn't working. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Same. This man had four children, four girls, and I got along with him fine until we got married. Mm. And then all of a sudden, they'd come to the house. They wouldn't look at me. They'd stick their faces in a magazine. Not one, but all four, one or the other, that kind of. And then as soon as they'd finished eating, even if I hadn't started eating, they'd be out the door. Hmm. So three weeks married, and my husband and I have this knockdown, drag out fight about his girls. They're only doing that. They're just being natural, so they don't like you for now. And <laughs> it'll all be better. And I didn't think it was going to be better. And I also thought... This was indicative of something indicative of something much larger. My best friend, Ruth Roosevelt, had been on the phone with me for almost a year, complaining the whole time about her stepsons and how awful they were, and that that and I'm going, Ruth, haven't you read any good books lately? All you're doing is complaining about these. So immediately I called her and I said, You're coming to Aspen for Christmas. You're coming, you're coming, you have to come. So we did. And so long and short of it is we decided to write a book. Coming out of broadcast news, I had an agent. I called my agent and he, and he said, I said, I want to write a book. Well, since you can't write a book, you could barely do a 35 minutes, a 25 minute special. I want to write a book. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Watch, me. Watch me. <laughs> Watch me. Watch me. And so... Yeah, and he got us a good agent, which was important in those days. We researched this. I mean, being a journalist, I research and research and research. Every English-speaking periodical on the family hard, hardly, if ever, mentioned stepfamily. And when we addressed these sovereigns of the family therapy world, they said, stepfamily, no problem, just like the regular family. What are you doing here? I said, we thought it was a problem. Anyway, most of the authority figures then disagreed. We published that book. And of course, that pe people, we did every single 
show there is. We did, you know, I did the Today Show like four times and Oprah wow. four times. And so it began th this movement, mm -hmm. which is in the 70s, really, about yeah. like, this is a different system. It this is, right. Acknowledged, and it's totally different. And you can't take the rules. You can't take the rules of the old family or the, the, the positions or the job descriptions. Nothing, pretty much, to be mm -hmm. taken from the intact family. Right. And people keep trying to overlay those dynamics. I'm the mother now, and so I'm going to tell your kids how to behave. And that doesn't work. No. Because no. we have we over these forty years of counseling, there's hardly a thing we haven't faced, and that one there is about the 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 meal. Now the meal has fallen from importance in this country. I understand now the meal is a table. Everybody puts their take up uh, take out on that table, and then <laughs> on their phones. Well, if so they're even doing it together, right? So. <laughs> yeah. I know. And I yeah. urge them to have a meal together because mm -hmm. to me, the, the meal, the main meal is the altar of the family. Mm -hmm. It's where things get decided. It's get things or addressed or not addressed or argued. Yeah. So most of the families I, I, I work with, they, they do, they, they've taken away the, the, the bags and the takeout. Yeah. And they really focus on having, having that family meal together. Yeah. And yeah. also one of the major things I was, in, I had a psychologist who was a, a client of mine and I said, well, what do you do? You and your husband, both of them are, what do you do at the meal? And she said, oh, we asked the kids about how, how, how school is. And I'm going, what are you teaching all that? I said, what we do at the meal is we have the adults talk about their day, mm. their good news and their bad news. Dad starts about his good news and bad news. You know, I just sold a bunch of cars and blah, 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 and, you know, talks about his bad news. And mm -hmm. each person and the kids do talk about their good news and bad news. And that, as far as I'm concerned, or we're concerned, is the way a meal should be handled. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because we get to know the problems, the problems of mom might have some problems with some people in the office or dad. And we have problems with kids in school. Yes, and I think how is school today always garners the same response. Fine. Good. Right. It doesn't it's not a very probative question. It's not a very interesting question, right? So if you say sort of what's the good news or the bad news, it forces mm -hmm. a little bit more thought rather than just hey how school. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think it it's 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 a more interesting question for yes. sure. And it's more it builds closeness, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. builds the family. Because right. where else do we talk? Not in the car, not after dinner. Everybody's on their phones. Mm. The information is all on the phone. I don't need to talk to you, says the kid. I have got it on the phone. But you know, so the kids that come in here do need to talk. Yes, they, do need to talk. they um, absolutely do. We address that. We say to people, you know, if you want to work with us, you got to follow some of our rules. One of our rules is you have dinner together at least four times, three times a week. Uh huh. And you follow our rules for dinner. Now, if you can't do that, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, because in divorced families, that's that can be a little bit that can be harder when you shared shared custody and you know different parenting time that might be more difficult. But I want to go back to the sort of the step family system, right? Because you you say that the science of the step family system 
is different. And so I'm curious to know about this, the, what you mean by the science of the step family system, you say where the roles and rules are very different from traditional marriages. So how, can you sort of talk, talk a bit about that? What makes it different? The step family cannot and will not function as an intact family. Mm-hmm. So that people need to know that. So we have to learn how we're going to function it, how we're going to make it work. So there are rules for making it work. Guilt runs the, the, the biological dad. There, there are all kinds of the, the fear. The stepmother is always on the outside. She, you know, feels she's looking into the family or she's not paid attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, divorced dads tend to overindulge and tend to do everything. So we work with divorced dads to kind of be back being a dad which Mm -hmm. like this is my point of view about what you're doing with your friend you know and so so those are things people lose their position a dad has lost his position he becomes now a stepdad or Mm -hmm. his kids are visiting every Mm -hmm. other weekend and they don't like her Mm -hmm. it's normal and the prior spouse is a problem why does the prior spouse always turn black because sometimes even if she wanted the divorce, she doesn't feel, you know, maybe I shouldn't have done it. You know, he's not doing the right thing or he doesn't pay the bills. There's all kinds of things in an intact family. Young John gets into Harvard. Mom and dad pool their money, mortgage the house so he can go to school. Mm-hmm. And the step family, stepmother may say, well, we need to have a house in the country. This isn't important. Already can go someplace else. Different attitude, totally about the children. How do step families? How do you recommend that step families navigate those those things? Oh my God! Yeah. Well, what we find again and again is that the roles are not clear. Uh huh. What what are the roles? What what is the divorced dad's role? What what are the kids' roles? Mm-hmm. In the, the in this new family system. Yes, in this step yeah. family, and we mm-hmm. call it step family because it's a step away, and also because it's it's dangerous. Step families often don't work if you don't know the rules about how they work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know that the divorce rate, which is like very high, sixty mm-hmm. percent, especially in remarried, it's yeah. because they have applied the rules of the intact family of the biologically connected family to that okay. family. Mm-hmm. So everybody has to have a position, a job description, and then you have to have things like house rules. Now, in divorced families. I don't want to have too many rules. They won't come, says the because says the biological father. Because mm-hmm. kids, if if we make them, you know, do the dishes and loads of dishwasher and sweep the floor, they might not want to come. Mm-hmm. So it's how I teach the father and the couple how to present that to the kids. Right. Mm-hmm. How you present it is like we're teaching you something about management. We're speaking you something about how we make things work better. You know, you have to do a different kind of teaching in a step family. And then the the role of the of the step parent, whether it's the mother or the you know stepmom or stepdad, is very specific. 
I have a friend who is a um, friend and colleague who's been on the podcast a lot. And she is a, she calls herself a bonus mom. She's a bonus mom to, uh, to triplets. And she says that she always just considered her role as the benevolent aunt. Okay. That's right. Mm -hmm. Like that. She wasn't a mom. She wasn't their mom, even though she, in many, at many times, she, I think was a primary maternal figure in their lives. But she could never call herself a mom. Yeah. But yeah. And, and so what, what is your take on that? Uh, Like on the, the role, what works best? The role of the stepmom Mm -hmm. or step parent. She has a lot of complaints that she has to deal with. First, she says, you know, everything in his life, my husband's life, is is ahead of me, his job, his kids, everything. That's yeah. that's one of her complaints. And mm. we have to honor that and we have to give her a position in the family that is predictable and honoring of her as the role that she plays there. Yeah. But she can't go to the kid and go like, pick up those towels because you dropped them on the floor. If she doesn't have it from the dad, the hmm. towels hang on the rack, <laughs> then she can't direct you bad kid, pick up those towels because they're going to go, I don't need to pick them up because you're not my mother. So that that provokes that answer. You don't feel that that a step parent has the authority to make rules for the household that they are a parent in or or a a primary caretaker in she makes rules with her partner together it's not okay. like a back family where the mom has a lot to say mm-hmm. but in a step family it's your dad and i have decided those towels get hung up on the rack mm-hmm. so i mm-hmm. guess those towels have got to go on the rack, as opposed to you dumb head you know <laughs> well sure yeah i mean that would be bad parenting from a, a biological parent too, right? Well, this, biological mom could say, for God's sake, get those towels from the rack. You know, right, sure. Like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you dumbhead, you should know better. You know, mm-hmm. Mom could say yeah. all that, but stepmom can't say. No, I, I and yes, I, I think a, any no parent should call their child a dumbhead, but I think, <laughs> I think, <laughs> right, speaking to your My point word. that it, no, right, exactly. Um, please, I, I, I think it subconsciously every single day when the towel is on the floor yet again. <laughs> oh, oh, every single day. But that's no, a whole. You other. have stepkids. I don't even know. You no, know. that's my biological. <laughs> I only have. I have one biological. Yeah, no, he's my bio kid, and it, you know, same thing. Flower, you know, towels on the floor every day. Well, it's setting so, down rules, and it's how we set down rules. It's really yeah, so yes, important. Like, yes. Somehow you have to sell the kids that parenting is going to be a benefit to them. Having rules, knowing things to how to do stuff, like, you know, how to put the plastic bag in the garbage container or how to sweep the walk or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's going to be important in life. Right. These are, this is, we're training you for adulthood because these are things that you're going to have to do your whole life. And even going to college, you know, you might have a messy roommate. You're going to have to work that out. Right. Yeah. Or, or not have it like be respectful of other people's space. (laughs) Right. That word you used respectful is enormously important. We have to respect the stepmom. She's come in there. She didn't even know what she was getting into. She has nothing but negativity that, that happens to her. Like me, those kids. I mean, we used to ski together. They're better skiers than me. And, I, you know, they would wait for me on the mountain and we were good pals and I'd buy them chocolate soda. 
And then all of a sudden, they didn't like me. A quick word from our sponsor. Wait, that's me. I know I have a lot of podcast episodes for you to get through, and it can be really, really overwhelming to try and figure out where to start or to comb through which ones might be uh, appropriate for you, whether you're trying to decide whether to stay or go, or you're already on the other side of the divorce process. Like, how do you know what to listen to? I have solved the problem for you. All you have to do is go to kateanthony.com slash playlist. Answer a few short questions, and I will send you a curated list of podcast episodes to best support you as you navigate these tricky waters. I'll also help you identify where you currently stand on this journey and what's ahead with resources to help you move through this process with knowledge and grace. So all you need to do is go to kateanthony.com slash playlist, answer a few short questions, and you will have your curated list of podcast episodes that will support you wherever you are in your journey. How did you navigate that? Did you ever find out why? Did you heal the fracture? I mean, what happened? I asked asked the kids when the book was published because they were going like, do we get a, do we get a part? They said, Jeanette, we always loved you. We never did that stuff you the book. You made that all up. So I said, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so how has that played out? Are you still uh, are you still married to their dad? No, I mean he's dead. He died. Oh <laughs> sorry. Okay. <laughs> and and how is your relationship with them now today? They are all grown. They 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 have wonderful husbands. When my husband was dying, one of the, the kids, you know, gathered everybody up. One of the kids, one of the one of the husbands gathered everybody up and t- said farewell. And nice stuff going on. Nice things. Yeah. You know, okay. caring things. Yeah. Yeah. Good. The stepmother, you know, she has her complaints. The kids come. Mm -hmm. The kids come to the house. They're there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every other weekend. So often in families, the kids have no jobs, no rules, no nothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's chaos. And it's even chaos for for the mom because dad's going, well, they're expressing themselves. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And so sometimes very much in the first session of talking to people, I go, here are four rules. <laughs> okay. The family cannot and will not function as, as a biological family. So there are four, you said there are four rules. So what mm-hmm. are your four, what are your four rules that the step family cannot function like a biological family? It, it, couple strength is, is important. We must build couple strength. Uh-huh. We, respect. Runs this in this family, we treat each other with respect. Respect mm-hmm. is enormously important, mm-hmm. and we we respect different ways of doing things. You yes. know, sometimes different p- people have different religions, and so we say, like, if one person is Jewish, that was Passover coming, and one person is Christian, or whatever. We, you know, you explain that to the kids. This is this sure. is the difference, and we respect each other's religion. So that's and we respect the differences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, those are great, great rules. Are are you writing another book right I'm now? Writing one on gender. You know, all the years of doing this, I find one of the biggest problems that breaks up the relationship is the lack of knowledge about gender. I mean, she says, she says, you don't do this, you do that, you left, da, 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 and she's yelling at him, and he's like, not doing anything. 
Mm-hmm. And a woman has to know that we speak 25,000 words a day and he speaks 12,500. So he speaks half the amount of words that we do. And yet we barrage him with 20 times. <laughs> <He cannot. laughs> and I tell my clients, look, what's the outcome you got when you yelled at him? I have every right to yell at him. That's my feelings. That's my emotion. I can do it. I can do it. I'm going, and what's the result? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, how, how did that work out for you? <laughs> how did that work out for you exactly? <laughs> yeah. And and so we need to know that that men and women organize their world differently. Uh-huh. Right? We're yeah. much more feeling types. Men don't like feelings too much. They want an action plan. We need right. to know that so you're writing this new book about this about the differences between men and women is it sort of like a like a men are from mars women are from venus kind of uh yeah something like that but a little bit more there's new information Uh from from from, uh, science that says we women have a double x chromosome have a double have two x chromosomes right and and has an x and a y Right. And the one is mainly used in making him masculine and making sperm. So okay. when a man has an illness and he uses up the X chromosome, he has nowhere to go. When a woman has an illness and uses up her first X chromosome, she can go to the next X chromosome. That's why women in nursing homes, there's 80% women there. Wow. And this is, you know, that essentially... Men are gated for war. The hunt, right? There's like the uh-huh. going out, the uh-huh. hunt, the primal. And she, mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she's the gatherer. Right. Mm-hmm. She gathers things together and gathers information. But we need to respect that he, that we flood him. Mm-hmm. We give mm-hmm. him too many words and we get mad because he doesn't answer us. And you know what? He didn't track. He tracked about the first five words. And, I, and when I'm in, you know, with a couple here, I go like, Okay, sir, um, just go over what did she say? Um, something about a rug. Huh? <laughs> right. Uh, something about she was angry about something. I'm not I'm not sure exactly what. So I say to her, now that's what he got from your being. That's what he got. So if you want to manage the relationship, we might have to phrase things differently. Yeah. I don't want to have a right to yell at him. You do have everybody to yell at him, even when he leaves the room. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. But if you want an actual result, if you want an outcome, exactly. then it, it's so not going to work. Yes. The book is how women get results, knowing what they do better. We make better cops. Why? Because we talk first and shoot later. And other male cops shoot first. And yeah. so we have to think about some of the and lots of countries. All over the world have women police people more than we do for sure. Yeah, more yeah. Than we do. yeah, because so it all works those better. things that they have to be respected. Mm, right, and it's not a it's it doesn't sound to me like you're saying it's not a it's not a bias. It's not. It's just th- these are the these are the inherent differences, and they need to be respected and honored. It's not one's better, one's worse. But mm. we are perhaps different genders are are better suited to certain positions. Yeah, we need to know that we are different. Yes, and they, right. And, you know, I find men want to learn more. They do want to know more because sometimes we're just a total mystery to them. They all say that. 
And we, yeah. think, we think we're pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've told you exactly the way it is. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> told you exactly what I need. Why is the, why is that a problem? Why is that so confusing to you? <laughs> yes. It's just confusing because it's not the way they function. And the point is that's what you got. That's you right. Did this thing, whatever you said there and notice the result you got. Right. Right. That's yeah. the same thing. With right. Kids and everybody notice the result you got. How are you saying this? Is there another way to say it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's right. That's right. Back to step families. You say that you don't like the term blended family. So can you speak to that? Why is that? Yeah, that's really important. Thank you for that question. The, the, the norm now is calling it the blended family. So when you blend, you don't recognize the differences, chocolate and vanilla or whatever. In mm-hmm. mm-hmm. a blended family, if it's a blended family, you create sort of hope that it's going to blend and you don't have to do anything about it. You can't just have a blended family that you don't work on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it's sort of like saying, I don't see color, right? It's dishonoring the differences, right? If you're blending, there are no dividing lines. Exactly. And there, mm-hmm. That's exactly it. I, I'm going to use that no dividing lines because that's <laughs> important. Yeah. That's important what you said there. And there is a major dividing line. The people are majorly different. When you people can have totally, you know, he can be all like of a Marine Corps. The bed has to be able to bounce a quarter on it. And she goes, oh, they're going to school. They shouldn't have to make their bed. You know, they've got schoolwork to do. They're getting straight A's. So now we have to work that out. How are we going to run this household? Yes. Right. This is a sort, of, sort of a small thing, making the bed. But making the bed is a metaphor. Yeah. You know, for other things. And what I tell, you know, people to say, like, making your bed will put order in your day. Mm-hmm. It just does that. That's what grandmothers say. So we're going to ask you to make your bed here. It's just a step in establishing even just a small amount of authority. But the couple has to come together to do everything. This is what we do when we're late. This is where we park the car. This is how we organize for dinner. This is how we ask questions. We Manners are also kind of fading from the public eye now. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what about what that's about. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the lack of sitting down to um, dinner together, right? Like back to the not having the family dinner, manners, manners go out the window when you don't have to actually sit and be in in community with any other people. Somehow a lot of a lot of women that grew up with with mothers that were out working, maybe they didn't teach manners. Mm. But somehow it's really I keep thinking I should write a step family etiquette book because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I do so much work on that. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I had a working mom, but she was British and she sure drilled my manners. She drilled yeah, manners yeah. into me. It's, you know, it's interesting. I think that there there's so many things that we don't talk about before we get married, whether it's whether it's a step, you know, a second marriage or a first marriage, right? How do you want I mean, you don't talk about how do you want to raise your kids, right? All of these premarital I have some friends who are now getting divorced and very partly because of this, but also a whole other set of circumstances. But when they first got married, she had a a child from her previous marriage. He had a child from his previous marriage. And then he had another child with somebody else that he was, 
he had full custody of and they were raising ultimately the two he and his new wife were raising together it was about after they got married he was asking his friends who had quote blended families or were in step families how does this work for you what they said to him was we just consider all of the children our children it's not mine and yours it's they're mm-hmm. all ours and whether whether that's the best idea or not i don't know right well, um, if they got them when they're very young yeah sure, sure yeah and so but but he there isn't that loyalty but sometimes there's loyalty to mom even if mom's in jail yes no i mean absolutely but it was about the parents mindsets right like we just these kids are just our kids. This is our family. This is our family no. when they're with us. Well, he thought that was a great idea, but it mm-hmm. was, they were already married and they were probably a few years into their marriage when he brought this to her. And she said, no, absolutely not. My son is my son. The other kids yeah. are, are your kids. And there was mm-hmm. a real divide in how that played out. And he was, kind of horrified because they had not, you know, in the honeymoon phase, they hadn't talked about it. And it was a really big deal. I'm sort of saying like, no matter what you, which is right or wrong, right? It still needs to be talked about. Absolutely. If people could, when we get some people, very few, I would say like, maybe not 10%, 5% of people who come in before they get married. Normally they come in when, you know, that hits the fan. Right, right. And so when they do come in, we have a whole list of things to do and a whole list of things that they must, they must decide on as a couple. And they have to sort of fight it out before, Yeah. you know. And you have that list that you have them go through. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the things we must we must talk about and get some different, you know, get some ideas yeah. on. I mean, w- what about manners? Like, you know, we look people in the eye when we talk. Mm. That's one of our and we allow others to finish their sentences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's like a dinner, you know, a general rule in this family. That's right. We say in this family, we say hello, goodbye, please. And thank you. Mm hmm. Allow others to finish their sentences. We look people in the eye, and we'll be teaching you about respect mm. for the rest of my life. My mother said that to me. She did, yeah. yeah. She was, yeah. Like even that bridge. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Yeah. Well, Doctor Lofus, this is really wonderful. I'm so um, grateful to have had this conversation with you. So, if my uh, listeners want to find out more about you. Do you have a website? Is there a place people can go where they could buy your book, Living in Step? Stepfamily.org. O-R-G. Stepfamily.org. And there you can buy your book and learn more about the- Buy the books on Amazon. Okay. We, don't, we don't sell them through that website, but it's through Amazon. Okay, great. They're, they're all there on Amazon. Perfect. And the book is Living in Step? Yeah, and the book is Step Parenting, and the book is Family Rules, and the book is He's Okay, She's Okay, Honoring the Differences. How many books have you written, Dr. Lofus? Four. Oh, wonderful. And now you're working on five. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. 
And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at The Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you, my love, deserve to be happy.